I just hit record and it's starting right now. Beer. I forgot I had to talk into a microphone. <laughs> hey guys. No, don't talk Beer. yet. The theme song is on. Well, we know Jeff's here. That was crisp. Very crisp. What are you trying to prove, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys know me. I I have to be right all the time and you know, so Is that your absolute truth? I think it might be in the bylaws too. That Scott <laughs> thinks he has to be right all the time. Not that he is right all the time. Hey everybody, welcome to Bros Bibles and Beer. This is BBB Pod. It is it is the originals. It's Zach. Scott and Jeff. Scott, going Zach, back to the hits. Yeah, it is old school time. We have nobody here to help us move forward. No efficiency. No good questions. No polished guests. <laughs> no good questions. I feel like Andy's just a better version of myself, so I'm going to do a version of good questions, Jeff. <laughs> well, I'm glad you mentioned Andy. He is a tall man, and uh, so are you, so uh, we we are here. I'm Jeff. We and put Andy in purgatory for a week. <laughs> yeah, right. He's totally <laughs> lost his contract. Uh, he heard the Lakers were starting up. He's like, I am going to be gone for a week. I have to go into purple and gold isolation and get ready. Um, He's got an ice bath, and the ice cubes are purple and gold. He just lays in it, <laughs> prepping for the playoffs. So once again, we are here, and uh, I already said that I'm JP, and we have Scott Scooter Holbert. Hey, Scott. Hey. And uh, he has nothing to prove. And then- uh, It's already been proven. Yeah. Right, Scott? That's right. That's right. God has spoken. And then just a cl- just a clean six foot three Zach Crater joins uh, us in his own in his own home in his own office in his own clothes, I, where he's incorporating things. Apparently, I lost an inch. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, well, I'll hey, take it though. Hey, that happens. You just I'm not gonna. No. Hey, once you get over six one, your life expectancy drops with each inch. Well, don't try and prove. <laughs> wow. Don't try and prove that. So I, you just increased my lifespan a little bit. Fantastic, uh, Zach. How you doing? How's the week been? Um, the week is great. I'm no. The week is crazy. I am not complaining. Do not read this as complaining. Total but consider me hashtag blessed. Oh, I'm still working. It's beautiful. Uh, busier than ever. And also doing some transitions in uh, business documentation and all that crap. So it is. Um, That's not crap. You're getting serious. Oh yes, getting- all new stuff, new learning curve, and I'm just trying to tell myself one step at a time. It'll get done. That's also what Lisa's been telling me, <laughs> and I've been telling her we're taking because did God lead you to she's do my partner this serious in this. stuff. She's my partner, yeah. Oh, at least you have the right um, label. She's your partner. Yes, she is my partner. And in in Scott's language, she's my helpmeet. Yes, your helpmeet. Which still is conjures of weird images. I don't even know of what, but... I think we still have that. We, I think we still have that on our on our show notes. Help meet. No, but we, 
we're walking this together, Lisa and I, and we're taking turns stressing out, and the other person being like, "Hey, we'll we'll do this one step at a time." <laughs> so it's all just new business experiences that uh, it, you you make the road by walking. Okay, something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, were the are, these were good moves. And whereas did God, we'll find did out. God lead you down Time this business path? No. Um, okay, forget God, about it. God's following me. Like, where are you going now, Zach? It's more <laughs> that than God leading me, probably. But I had that same feeling when I followed you around at your job years ago, and I'm like, where are we going next? Anyway, Scott, how you doing? Good. How's Good. how's bachelor life? Oh, man. Um, sometimes it's boring, and then... Every time I hear you guys complain about your wives, I'm like, oh, man, I'm so glad I'm not married. Who is, says we now, compl- We do not complain about our wives? Is that, that's what, I, I have an honest question. Is I, that I what you my, just heard, Scott? <laughs> is that what you interpreted? Zach's complaining about his wife again. <laughs> I thought I was being glowing. <laughs> Anyways, keep going. Fantastic. No, I'd love to have a help meet. Mm. Would you really? I don't know. That's why I, I kind of have been putting that off. Yeah. So you have been putting it off. Well, okay, so as if I could, yeah, snap my fingers. I think the truth just wanted to come out right there. Yeah. In what ways are you putting that off, do you think, if you were being honest with yourself? Yeah. Well, by not trying, I guess. Um, I mean, look at me. I I don't really try. Strategy strategy number one. Strategy number one. Okay, don't try. Right. Not trying. That's what people say. That doesn't work. Not trying doesn't work. Step two, ignore her. Ignore her. Done. But if you're if you're not <laughs> if you're not trying and you're ignoring her and you're also living in a trailer, the pool of potential um, suitors for one scooter Holbert is smaller. You, right, right, right. Because women are shallow. Yeah. <laughs> and step three: be where they are. And when I say they. I mean the opposite sex. Oh, okay. Thanks, is there a good? For is there a good populated place for? How's the uh, singles game in the yeah, old trailer? Place I was gonna. Say, I was gonna say right now. Right now, the probably the best place to yes, um, be a, a hospital. A lot of nurses. Mm. It's really the only place women are gathering these days. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. But I, I just pictured I might, Scott yeah. Googling, where do women gather these days? <laughs> <laughs> I, just conspiracy theory. I'm just imagining the, you know, the government's actually listening to all of our conversations and all of our searches and everything that we're doing. And then they're stopping in their tracks and they're like, wait a second. What is this? <laughs> Where will you find women gathering? <laughs> wow, I think he's on to something, Jack. Chris, Bob. Okay, let's go find Scott Holbert. All right, uh, and uh, yeah. and you? And me, I, um, Still I'm mixing so it up happy. online. I'm so happy. Uh, yeah, but I've taken it offline, and I'm, I'm, I'm sending some information to somebody. I've been having a conversation with, and, uh, you know, it's actually gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm all good with this. But what I'm super excited about is the fact that Little League, softball, I'm here, pro sports in general, like things are happening. They're moving quickly. Like 
within days, just as you snap your fingers, like, whoa, my kid's, my kid's playing softball today. And it was just a call from the coach that, hey, we're practicing today. We're starting up. Nice. And I'm like, oh, that is awesome. I mean, it's awesome for my kid. It's awesome for teams and sports and coaches and just to be out there having fun and getting back to to how life should be. It's just I, exciting. You can make a reasonable case that you can still take precautions or be more aware of the current situation than we were when things shut down. Right, like forcing, them to lead, yeah, like forcing them to lead off. You got to lead off at least six feet. You cannot stay on first base with... <laughs> The players <laughs> playing first base, okay? <laughs> Automatic okay. leadoff. All right. Shut that door. The family's home. <laughs> when the pitchers uh, can't lick the ball, lick their hand and then, you know, touch well, the ball. Nobody's watching. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So life life is good. The kids are playing all over the place. I went mountain biking in, uh, not really mountain biking, but I went biking with kids and the neighborhood kids and doing jumps and having fun and like, am I going to break something out here? I'm not exactly sure, but I'm having a, I'm having a ball. Only if God wants you to. Yeah. So, life is good. I'm, I'm having a, I'm enjoying my uh, time home with my family. Okay. So now that we've got that squared away. Well, I did have one, one question. <laughs> Please. <laughs> That's actually really good, guys. Under ten minutes. How was your week? Boom. Done. Now I'm continuing it. Yeah, but. we're going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and co- comment or don't, Jeff, but you did, ha- you do have an open invitation for anybody that knows film crews to follow you into a hospital. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is on your Let's Facebook do this. feed. It is. Um, to, because you want to eliminate the fear and show how you're not afraid and to break this separation um right that that the fear has caused and and guidelines have caused and and uh whatever however else you interpret that uh is that still an open invitation if if we if film crews get in touch with us are you gonna charge into a hospital and uh hug people yes and touch people yes and that's kind of where i started you know weeks ago when you know shaking hands with people at the beach and and I'm, I'm thinking there's there's something to this. Like Jesus didn't call us to you know isolate from each other. Um, so it was a it, it when I thought about this recently, uh, I'm like, okay, enough's enough. Like I, I've got to stop hiding, and we've got to stop saying, you know, someone would just do this, or how can he do this, or how does the president, how can he say that, and, you know, the Democrats and Republicans, and blah, 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 and and I'm like, okay, nobody's really doing anything until really recently, where people have been opening up businesses, and there's been sheriffs, and they've been like, hey, have fun, be safe, enjoy, you know, the day, or the night, or whatever it might be, and it's like, okay, there's some momentum here, it's building, and, um, and a little bit of the the politicianal or politicians um, power is being lost, especially if the people just go in another direction. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, uh, if, if this goes this way, I'm going to look like an idiot if I don't start just saying, oh yeah, everything's good. Go back to normal. And I'm like, this was probably about a week ago where I'm like, I want to get out there and I want to, sh- I want to just go into a hospital. 
obviously someone's like, oh, you can't do that because of the laws. And I'm like, you know, something's wrong, but I, I get it. But I'm like, I'll go into any hospital, anywhere, just get me a red and a blue camera crew and film me hugging. Oh, you want to buy a yeah, I, I I don't want I don't want Fox running something and then C or NBC running something separately. I, I want it like live and I want it streaming and I want it like for for five minutes or thirty minutes or however long it's got to be unedited and and then then what like I but then I thought about it more after and I'm like you know what people will just spin it they'll be like well you're immune you're you're immune to it so. You probably had it before, you know. You just have a stronger. So, immune is system. your th- is your thought that you would go in and and hug people with COVID, and then yes, and then you would be okay? And think you invoked G- the power of Jesus yes. Christ and the immune system um, in your post about being protected from it. So yes, yes, yes. Would Would you ask like you'd ask people? Hey, are you? Uh, you positive consent? Would well, you get consent? Well, first of all, there's a. I mean, if if it was if I could have the situation that I wanted, and I and you, I was allowed to go in, and film crews could come in with their hazmat suits on, and we could, they, you know, I would just have what I'm wearing right now, just walk, talk with people, and and give them a hug, and like, just you could pray for them, and I mean. They're literally sitting there isolated because there's nobody allowed in the hospital. I mean, someone's got to do something. That was part of my thought. Like, you you actually get better when you're connected with people. I mean, you're more healthy when you have good conversations with people, when you have physical touch. I mean, even going back to when babies are born, just having their their having a baby and a mother connected makes a huge difference. You don't have that... Uh... I think Obama said, you, you might die. That's a terrible Obama, but I know he said that. <laughs> and then it was an awful transition. Or uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway. So I think, they, I think that... Um, so that was the thought. Yeah, if you want to go into... So that's a little more than your post. Keep going, Scott. Yeah, I'm sorry. to uh, like, talk to people and comfort them, pray with them, and or... Prove that the this thing is uh, overblown, because chat. Like, I, th- I think chaplains are allowed to go in, and of course they'll be suited up, and well, there's they can go yes. in and talk So to answer your question, there's very few statistics that even at the beginning showed middle aged people being affected. No kids, no teenagers, no young adults. No, it was you know old people that lived in Italy were getting obliterated. And and then it came here, and I'm like, this is kind of crazy. And I'm like, wait a second, something's not right. I, nobody knows anybody. It's not as bad as originally forecasted. That's for sure. That's undisputable. <laughs> right. But so that was kind of my thing. Like, okay, this isn't as bad as we thought, and it's being played out like it's the Black Plague. So let me go into a hospital and demonstrate that this is not a death sentence yeah from your that's a little more clear like you want to see people that have covid and you want to 
to be you're you're looking at it as you're encouraging or and you're trying to eliminate the fear. Um, but well, <laughs> but not, on not the post when I first when no, I first saw it, I thought Jeff Jeff is like single handedly trying to just either prove that it's a hoax or prove that. I don't know. I don't know. Prove exactly what it was. It was less clear uh, than it is now. But could you not? Could you not? Um, what if the people don't want you there? Would, no, it wasn't something where you would. I mean, force you, there, yourself you can onto. See how you could create more fear if, by just going up to people and no, 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 touching. Well, them. well, think about this. If people already have. It'd be like if somebody had AIDS, they're not going to be afraid of someone who also has AIDS from hugging them because they're like, I already have AIDS. Um, I mean, it, that that's just one example. But somebody who has who's ill of a virus, this virus, whatever it might be, me going up to them and just chit chatting a little bit, and then having a good conversation and. And then giving them a hug, like I would do often with people that I've had a good conversation with, and then you know, you know, walk down the the aisle and and talk with somebody else. I mean, people we have, uh, isn't that what uh, we have? There's people that volunteer in hospitals that their job is to like go in and you know help out, help the patients, kind of brighten spirits and. Um, like there was even that movie, like Patch Adams, right? Some, but it's it's no, it's not different than than that. Um, overcoming fear. If someone is going to die, at least they have somebody that's there with them. I mean, it's it's awful that you know nobody can be there with people. That so. is breaking my heart. Mine is, too. Is hearing about people that cannot, no matter what the reason they're in the hospital, COVID or otherwise, that their people are just alone. At, that crushes me for a lot of different reasons yeah so to sum it up there was a whole lot of points that i was trying to make not not that it's not that viruses don't exist but okay the black plague is not here so could i go in help people and also help people outside of this realize this isn't this isn't a death sentence it's not the end of the world and it's not spreading like a wildfire so um we need to get back to a little bit of normal well, certainly Fox and CNBC, or that's the business, uh, NBC, um, CNN, you guys all have reps that listen to this show, so you can reach out and uh, let us know. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be, <laughs> uh, as long as I don't die, that'd be amazing. Um, yeah, that's yeah. the other thing. You invoke Jesus' name as protection kind of a thing, and yet there have been stories of pastors engaging like normal right. uh, and have gotten it and ended up dying uh, after proclaiming that Jesus would protect them. But we don't need to get into all that now. And I, I just to clarify, is that a possibility? Just to, to clarify, if there was 5 million people that died within three weeks of this thing hitting our coast, I uh, would not be going into hospitals. I just want to <laughs> So there's some common sense in there then, huh? <laughs> that would I, I I would not have left my house. I just want to make that clear. I would not have gone outside. I would have I would have gone straight Democrat. 
Why are you going to be all partisan now, Jeff? All right, moving on. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got, Jeff? Okay, let's let's play this. Let's play this. Oh, one. you got a I, clip? I got the Ravi Zacharias okay. uh, clip. All right, plug your phone in there. I'm going to lift my leg just to make room for the cable. And uh, you're ready. Go ahead and play the clip. Yeah. So this is Ravi Zacharias. Um, he is speaking at a uh, probably a, a, just an event that he was running, and it was last year, uh, late August 2019. And he's talking about absolute truth was painful to me when a couple of years ago, maybe three, four years ago, I was speaking in Washington, D.C. to the media and to those in civic power. And at the end of it, a woman from the State Department came over, walked over to me. I didn't know who she was. She said, I have worked for over 30 years in the State Department. I have never sensed the mood so toxic as it is now. I have never sensed the mood so toxic as it is now. I don't know what to say. She was a veteran foreign service person. A few months ago, my wife and I were in DC again, and we were meeting an individual who probably understands this world extremely well. Feedback. Key position. And we had a time with him and prayer with him. And when I walked out, when a former governor, senator, took Margie and me out for a cup of coffee and a donut, and we were sitting at the table about 8.30 in the morning, and he said to me, I've been in government a long time, and I've come to the conclusion, it all boils down to one question, God or no God? And actually, the way he said it within the United States, was our divisions boil down to one word, God. Why is that so important? So I heard Ravi Zacharias talk about this, and I, I thought, and, and the individual, it's, I mean, one, things are toxic, and two, it boils down to God, and God or no God. I, he goes on to talk about God. Um, he is actually quoting Mahatma on truth like truth is god and god is truth and but depending on what you believe in there becomes a dividing line don't you guys agree there's a yep. dividing line some people create ministries that are actually called the dividing line <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah, that's james white twice two weeks in a row <laughs> and i guess the danger and the question for you guys is there um, is there danger in creating a dividing line, dividing line in in religions and Christianity, especially in this country? I mean, just me making a joke about a Democrat. I mean, even in non, not that Democrats, Republicans, it's not non secular, but it's it is a dividing line um, where it divides people and creates tension toxic tension at times so i guess um that's to preface it but where do we stand um as christians when it comes to absolute truth scott 
I knew we were talking about putting this into like little boxes, like uh, from the pulpit and yeah, different contexts. Yeah, and I've named a few, but um, plus Scott's good at putting things in the boxes. So let's just take um, from the pulpit. You know, is there absolute? How is that? Contextually, in in um, in absolute truth. Oh yeah, I took a big breath, and Scott has recognized my big breath as <laughs> wanting to say something. Um, he he finished any category. God, Go ahead. God or no God? Right. The way, way he finished that, and this will lead into yeah. from the pulpit. Uh, what does it mean to you guys if there's no God? Because I know that means a certain thing to Rabbi Zacharias. Uh, that can mean a lot of different things. Like if, if there is a God, it means one thing to him. If there's not, it means a very different thing. And obviously, he Ravi dedicating his life to apologetics and evangelism, he's very sure of of his, his faith in that there is a God and what that means. But what does that mean to you guys if there's no God versus so, God? Okay. So having having a God, having a belief in Christ, there's no way I even never crosses my mind, never enters my heart in going out and saying, let's take down fear, go into the hospital, hug COVID patients. Because that would not, I'd be out to protect myself, not to to go and help and to stop, you know, fear, trying to. And so with God, for me, our actions hold a lot more weight and our response, I mean, it's not that we do works, but we're living a life um, that we go out and we're going to make a difference in whatever way, whether it's loving people, caring for people, being more disciplined, and why having a little more self control, which I have not done online yeah. uh, so well. <laughs> <laughs> why though? Like why? Why does it mean that to you? There's a God, and so therefore Jeff Pearson does that or behaves in a certain way. Well, there's purpose. That's all I can say. There's, there's, it's purpose, no purpose. No God, I don't really have a purpose. I'm just trying to survive. God, I have a purpose, and I'm driven to. How do you know you have a purpose? <laughs> I'm harnessing the uh, hell out of my inner Scott. Right I now. just. <laughs> how do I Scott, know? Please with me, right okay. Now? Th- oh, yeah. This this goes back to believing. Like, how do I know? I don't know. Something just rocked my world, so I can't tell you what it is. So you had a you had an, a vi- a real experience from your perspective of God of the divine oh yes that changed you absolutely and so that hasn't that hasn't stopped I didn't read I didn't read a story or have a conversation with a person or read the Bible um, even though there was probably there was stupid a, Bible there was a ton of seeds that were that were planted in my life a long time ago over the last thirty years forty years. That I You're did, older than that. That I looked back and, and then realized. <laughs> so you could say, if it, if it wasn't an event, it was, it was something that at one moment, boom, 
the the shoots shot out of the ground in my life and i didn't even know what was happening so i could say that you know this has been going on for a long time and there was there was just a ripe moment um and for me to realize what have i i've been living without purpose and god is my purpose and energy and drive so that in a uh, very large nutshell that's it that's good. Any anytime somebody says purpose or my purpose, I can't help but think about the jerk. And when Steve Martin finds his special purpose, which is has nothing to do with what you just said, but uh, non sequitur. Bad segues. Now, would you be able, to, Jeff Pearson? Could you pretend? Do a thought experiment. There's no God. Like that's just the truth. Is there is no god in the way that you conceive of god and so how would you how does that change things for you i'm not joking i almost got sick and i'm tearing up i'm not i'm not kidding that like if that were true if that were true i mean i'm literally getting ready to cry and crying is allowed yeah that would that I, I don't. I'm speechless. And that's <laughs> that silence just proved it. So, <laughs> well, uh, Scott, yeah. what? What? How? How do we start with Jeff and like? What is going on? I don't know. I, I'm Jeff asking the what, what is what is there's no. Oh, are you asking what is going on <laughs> actually, or why you're actually yeah. crying? I'm, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Scott. Jeff, when people hit a certain age. Their hormones shift, but typically that's in yeah, women. Your estrogen but, might yeah. be coming up a little bit. <laughs> Testosterone is lowering. You're over fifty. That's not true, but we like to say that. I, I did notice my chest was growing a little bit lately. I haven't really been doing uh, anything yeah. except so eating. I think, I think um, in <clears throat> apologetics and in Ravi's ministry, he answers the question a lot, um, or a similar question, and it comes down to uh, worldview. And I think a, the typical answer is something like, um, without God, we don't have objective morals. Um, and I think that's maybe you might have alluded to that, that with, if it wasn't for, for God, then you wouldn't feel the need to go out and uh, help people and comfort people and reach out to people in this time of crisis you don't you literally don't have a compass in for you personally jeff if if your worldview is not true like when i asked that question the other way around you, you're just like i can't even do that right now and that's that's not a dig it's just like right. it's kind of like what scott's just saying but what if it's true about the compass though direction no direction like god gives me direction no god I'm f- flailing. Yeah, and and it is also an an apologetic point that it how, how do we know as individuals that we shouldn't harm people or that we should love people or we should help the poor things like that. And so removing God so the result of moving uh, re, of removing God um from 
anything that we would need to respond to or be accountable to uh, doesn't, we wouldn't have something objective that we can, that would help guide us. Um, How do we have that? How is it objective? I want to ask a couple different questions. So you're, the assumption then is we have something objective with, with God? With God. But do we? Dun, dun, dun. Well, I think there's <laughs> actually so I think now, there's you, some human yeah. I think there's some human interpretation that sometimes right gets in there and gets in the way. And maybe the my my follow up really was and I'm I'm cu- I'm curious what you guys think. If there is no God, how would you construct morality? Because that's what a lot of people are doing, and that's what a lot of uh, humanists, agnostics, atheists that believe you can come to some sort of morality um, outside of a but, God. But who, how would you? But then, some do an that? individual. It starts with one individual setting the tone yeah. for what that construct is going to look like. Then you have. So, so is it really? Because the way I hear some apologists say, when, a lot of times we speak in sound bites and tr- Twitter and social media. This is the worst part about it is that it, it's training us to like think we can just like do a pithy quote, no matter what you're saying, and then like, oh, that settles it. And there's always more to the picture, but you do hear sound bites of uh, ap- apologists, Christian apologists. It's like the attempt to dunk on the atheists and whatnot. Um, but the problem is people who speak up louder than others get to con- they tend to control the conversation, the narrative, whatever it might be. And so someone like Gandhi, um, whose way What's the quote about truth he said? That was Zechariah's quote. Oh, truth is Truth is God, and God is truth, and there was something intrinsic about I like that truth, and and that God, you know, cannot be destroyed. He doesn't. He's not going to explode from the inside of him. He just he, he is. So, do we not know anything? Like, if if there is no God, uh, there's no way for people to know that when you kill somebody. That is a worse scenario, or if you get killed, that's worse than you being allowed to live. Like, you you can't even think that because there's no God, because that seems like a stretch. Well, well I think I think it's I, to it's why what would stop me from killing someone? Who 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 is someone else to tell me, or who am I to tell you that doing a particular action is wrong? So I, go ahead. Because I'm a I'm a guy that has stuff and family, and I why would enjoy, I why would I care? That correct. You might not care, and you could kill, and then somebody else does the same to you. Uh, if this pattern continues, there's no humanity. Is it possible that humanity can recognize that this pattern is destructive, and that we can make decisions to? Um, lead us out of that pattern of destruction this is all absent of a god object right. uh, objective god. that that's possible uh, but yeah if if someone can kill me um i i'm better off i'm better off 
uh, being the aggressor and and being the first to kill because then I can get what I want and that's how I think I can survive. It, the, the point being is that there's no trying to you you can think about those things and what's what's better for society and humanity but an individual they don't they don't have a an obligation or there are cases where they can can see a benefit in doing harm to others so i had posted this quote we want what we want when we want it and when we get what we want we want a little bit more which leads into if there's no god then humans will just want what they want and they won't stop and to add to that in today's environment people saying the constitution's being you know it's being trampled on the my rights are being taken and this person's doing it if that's true then in there's just specific individuals that are doing that <clears throat> and and people feel like they're being oppressed and on the <clears throat> on the other uh, and then there's the 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 break of people that are on two sides of the aisle uh red and blue that are arguing and saying their way is right they're saying like i'm overstating this like i'm god and i make the rules and and we're not going by a morality at the it's just like this is you're taking what i want and you're saying what you want is better than what i want and it's a it's a vicious cycle and and with no god i think things can really spin out of control and even then it it might just go crazy regardless because humans are humans or greedy and envious and mm -hmm. prideful and then when like half the world's dead they'll be like okay i repent i didn't mean to do that yeah i'm i'm not sure well and we've had thousands of years of We've had tens It's never stopped. And, right. Well, no, but you can see there's a progression to life, and there's probably reasons for the progression. Uh, there's a progression to human history um, that is leading to more reconciliation than not. But where's the progress? We've killed we've killed fifty million babies in this country. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> no, I think Scott has a point. Like, where's that, the that's progress? A point. That's, a, that's a point I'm I'm sympathetic to, but um, overall of human history, like when you look at physical violence, I'm I'm thinking of people like uh, Steven Pinker and uh, I think he wrote Better Angels of Our Nature and another book that was like. Uh, Kind of the sequel to that. Are we following God better? That's a hell of a lip smack. For whatever reason, uh, there is more flourishing in general. Absolute poverty uh, worldwide is projected to be virtually eliminated by 2030, I think, by the UN. Like th this is not that our problems are going away or they're gone, but, but was it, big what, picture things are better. But what does poverty have to do with God? Well, well, so I think. With with violence going down, you're saying a trajectory of violence over going down overall. That could be directly correlated with poverty going down, 
because in general where there's less poverty as as wealth go increases crime decreases because people have less of less reasons to commit right. crime yeah i don't necessarily see that as a moral issue people becoming more moral learning to be good they're doing it because of their yeah. more potentially because of their situation so if if poverty goes down which we or poverty goes up which we could see very soon uh, as as hundreds of millions Wait, why, of people why are you uh, doing a bill gates there and laughing while you're saying you know, poverty's going down? <laughs> i can't that wait when you hear bill gates talk he's got this little I don't know if it's a tick or a tell, but he'll just have this weird little giggle in the middle of whatever <laughs> sentence. And it's usually when he's saying something creepy. Okay, yeah. But and, and the uptick, uptick in the, the turn of the 20th century, you have the world wars. You have uh, tens of millions of people killed by Mao. You have uh, 20 million people killed in, in Russia. Uh, so there's a huge uptick there. And then we could be just in a lull now. But we do. There is a lot of. It's true. There is a lot of violence going on in China, in North Korea, in Africa. There are tens tens of millions of slaves in Africa right now, or um, around the world. Yeah. Um, so I just. There, I, there, I don't think that human morality has gotten better. I think we you're see right. a it lot was a little of, bit of a side note yeah. or a tangent. And um, Zach, I get it. I mean, I get. I get the point you're trying to make that the prog- I'm progression of wealth has gotten better less poverty people are you know people are spreading their wealth the hope that they're spreading their wealth and it's impacting i mean our church did just just did something this past week and you know sending food places and there's millions of people doing this around the world to because help others we're uh, operating under a framework of of what we see there is a god that has called us to People in need, yes. And and what we think following Jesus is includes helping people in this in that way. So they're jumping off of that. Um, It what what is really fascinating that I've chewed on a little bit, and that I know atheists and agnostics that think we can construct a morality for human flourishing, which I'm not convinced that we couldn't if they're starting point of there's no god if that was true there's a version of that to make human and creation and creation that's that's a weird word to use when there's no god <laughs> um, creatures the, the world or whatever like for lack of a better term creation but uh i could see i, I get some of those arguments i'm not one of those people that thinks like if you don't believe in God, then there's no possible way that you can know what what's up or what's up down. I think sometimes apologetics uh, can venture into that realm of like, well, you don't believe there's a God, so you don't know, you can't, you can't make any assumptions. Well, they're, well so they're not that they can't make any assumptions; is that they can't tell me that I need to follow their assumptions, no matter how pure and good their assumptions might be. Well, they can't no matter- tell you based on. They don't have authority. They don't have an authority to say this is how I know, and I, but I think it, the truth is close, close to that on the other side, and w- which brings me back to what Todd said. I don't know who originally said it, but last episode, 
there he believes there is absolute truth but we just we can't none of us know it absolutely and and we can feel confident or more confident in certain aspects but um i th- i think sometimes we christians and i just call myself a christian scott I so know. I, I, yeah it's kind of weird <laughs> i didn't, didn't know that was a negative oh well, no, it's it's a little surprising. Well, for Scott. Zach, it might be a negative, yeah. calling himself a Christian. <laughs> okay, we're not going into this. Continue. <laughs> it's just, what do you mean by Christian, Scott? Oh, boy. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, but the thought of... So what we do have throughout history is a general... Let's just take the West, some Judeo-Christian background of the Bible and all that. That's what things are built on and different versions of what it means to follow a God in the way that's been given to us. And so I think, is it a Frank Turek book? Or there's there's some stealing book from about God? stealing from God. I was going to say borrowing from God. I like borrowing better. But it's stealing from God. There oh. is like, because so much of history does have the template of a God that wants certain things and therefore this is what you should do. And that means very different things to different people. But the overall arc of that is how we have gotten to where we are and where we get a lot of our morals. There is a lot of borrowing, but ultimately we are jumping off of presuppositions and like uh, the objective template for the Christian is a thing, whether it's the Bible or the view that there's a God that gave us the Bible or however that works. And then for the atheists, it's it's a different template they're jumping off of. But ultimately, we're jumping off templates that are unprovable in the purest sense of the word. Unprovable? Yeah. Well, and when in the atheists or non, non-theists, are those the same things? Or agnostics. It It's difficult... And I think going back, Jeff, to when you were about to cry earlier, um, it's difficult. His eyes are still watering, <laughs> but it's mainly because of where the conversation is going. Uh, yeah, it's di- it's difficult to remove God, and I think Zach, like that, I think that's kind of what you're saying is that Judeo-Christian ethics have been so ingrained into Western culture. It's difficult to remove. God completely, you like you can't remove God because those morals have shaped the minds, whether they know it or not, of these secularists who want who are trying to come up with an uh, an idea of human flourishing apart from God. But they it it it'd be difficult to do that because that these ideas are so embedded in. It's almost impossible to to know what life would be like now if there were no judeo-christian right overall like art overarching template that we society has kind of been built off of in various ways throughout the unit throughout the throughout the universe and i say universe because the world the earth is in the universe is it not jeff it sure is so it's in the universe i was thinking about what i wanted to say next what I wanted to say next. I don't That's know what, what you do. guys were talking about. That's what we do. But stream of thought, heredit- heredity in our families and our 
lineage going all the way to the beginning. I like sex. <laughs> and but there is consistency. Like it'd be weird if our kids didn't act like us, look like us at all. And so as we start from from the beginning and move forward, there's this consistency in like who we are, what we'll look like, what we'll act like. And there's this scaffolding that's built. And so in with God, there's this scaffolding that's been built and you can just look at the, the Bible and there's, there's, there's these themes and this consistency. Um, and, and it, and without that, without like take heredity uh, traits away, and it, like how we connect is lost. How we kind of build, and you could say, I mean, uh, some a scientist would say, well, then we would just construct new, you know, things that we would hold on to, and there might be truth to that. But just we the, would because that would be the right. Reality. That would be the thing. Yeah, and you can't like you would have to. But it's almost right. impossible to know what it would have been like, which is the ultimate mind f. And I censored it. Yeah. So well, so we can look at uh, maybe uh, Muslim nations and see a uh, contrast. No, but there's even then there's connections between them and other cultures that have caused reactions and chain reactions. It's almost impossible to. I'm not saying there's not something to explore there and that there's not a point there, but nothing is like totally pure of the the way humanity came about. And I'm sure somebody that studied. Well, I'm just saying I think they get close because there's so much control from the top from the imams from the religion from the top there's so much control and they do bar or ban out as much outside influence as they can and when you have a large population that is illiterate they 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 don't even know they might not even know that there's a whole bunch of information outside of their particular city or state state or whatever right, but, yeah. but that, that is true but it's not a like if, if we could just if we could create our own version of the sims jeff where <laughs> you just plop people <laughs> right. and they're they're somehow born and they grow to ad- adulthood and just see where they go without any influence yeah uh we we just don't have that no i i so if i can if i can just yep so let's say that someone wants to create a situation that's going to benefit humanity has a great benefit for humanity. One of the ways to do that potentially is how do you know if it's beneficial? Well, exactly. Well, yeah. Well, that 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 <laughs> is a, that is I said so. That is a that is a great question. Slave. Beneficial for whom? Beneficial. What are the parameters of beneficial? But what if the you know I, the best way to do that is you know what the smartest people in society. Like, let's take the smartest men in society. They need to have as many babies as possible. Why? Because then they're going to they're gonna have more likely smart babies. Eugenics. And so if more, you take the geniuses of the world and you construct a situation where they're going to have more babies than they would just by having a, a one wife... 
that that you'd have a whole bunch of smart people they can they can work on solving world problems world hunger curing cancer well if they're all smart then they shouldn't have any problems which totally defeats the purpose but well but it, oh, it no, yeah, it, yeah. no it takes it takes time yeah, to yeah. get there I know. yeah uh so you know and, and if god no god vi- violating someone's you know rights for the good of humanity why you know because that, you have no god there's no god so we're going to violate whatever because we have a better it's we going have to a better, be beneficial for more right. people i'm just saying there's nothing that gotcha. there's no there's no parameter that says no you can't you can't do that why why would you be able to tell someone that they can't do that it, that that that's the yeah that that's the problem right, with it comes not back, having an outside it comes back to well that's not right well then why isn't it right not, then right, I'll, right. Not then the right according begin. to who right 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 and i'm not sure we're right. getting any closer yeah. to the mark not not that we we uh, are expecting that but for ravi zacharias god or no god god to him is very specific scott you brought up um muslims and recognizing that there's differences on how that faith gets played out for them uh a wide range but and so you could point to versions of that that have been destructive throughout history versions of god or no god where god in the god of the bible wants us to do x and that doesn't work out for the people on the other side of that uh it still doesn't solve that, and I'm not. I'm. I'm not trying to solve that now. It de- definitely. If if God leads to flourishing, that's closer to truth. I'm comfortable with that statement. <laughs> versus like when you say truth. Well, it's like I like the was it Gandhi? I like the Gandhi yes. quote of God is truth. But truth. But truth. Uh, but this like is the actual truth. The oh, truth that none of us can truth. really... Yes. Not can, your truth. No, no. Right. Actual truth that is universal and let's just say absolute. The problem is I think a lot of a lot of apologists and or people of other faiths that are, are really concerned about this, they feel like I have the absolute truth has probably done more harm than good. Whereas like a version of I believe I have absolute truth. Let me keep a little open hand and learn from people I come in contact with uh, would probably more be more healthy. But absolute truth, the idea that we can grasp absolute truth in the purest form probably has done more harm than good and destroyed more people than uh, than we would, would want to admit. But even, even your... I don't quite have absolute truth, and so those who I come in contact with will assist you but then ultimately it comes back to it's your choice you're getting to choose who you extrapolate information good right wrong and it still ends up coming back to mm, well i don't yeah i could never they a, don't i can never make a you never a will truth statement to anybody none I, of us I, will i'm getting out of the business of making declarative this is the way it is for me, and therefore it should be for you. Like that's very uncomfortable for me now. Um, oh, I'm sorry. 
I'm not complaining. I'm crying again. <laughs> I think it's a good thing. <laughs> but so I, my faith and my trust is in the power of forgiveness and agape love to transform the world. And the more people are living with that lens, the better. And so I will institute a, a law to force everyone <laughs> That's to, so good. I love, to be I love loving, that. I love to be that. loving. You will, you will be self-sacrificial. You, you will say sorry right now, you little five-year-old. You will love and you will say sorry no, that's now. That's what I'm confident in. I cannot make a universal objective claim that that is the absolute truth, but I can make a, a solid argument. And I think that's that's where apologetics does its is that it's most he- most healthy when it recognizes we are making a solid argument based on a couple of things we believe are true, and so we can make a reasonable claim to why that's true. Versus, it says it right here in the Bible, therefore it's true. Mm, and yeah, F- now it's F- the world. Right now, okay. So I've never heard an apologist say F- <laughs> world. <laughs> Strawman. Uh, Awkward pause. Yeah. Love. Uh, or, okay, let's back up. <laughs> Have you guys noticed, though, I'm trying to frame things in ways that Scott will appreciate. And I'm not trying to, I'm definitely trying to not be like, let's argue with Scott. I don't know if you guys noticed. Too late. We're going to call that a post caveat. Scott's probably agreed with me more, <laughs> even if he doesn't agree with my personal opinions. I think Scott's agreed with more than not of what I've said. You're doing amazing. Tonight. You're doing amazing. <laughs> this moment of Zach seeking affirmation has been brought to you by Knob Creek. Get a little knob in you tonight. Mm. What were you saying, Scott? <laughs> He was talking. He he started with love, and then you broke in. Uh, anybody well, listening? I had paused. I had, anybody I had, listening right now was like, "Gosh darn it!" I had a lot of pause. These there. guys. Um, yeah, the we're still in no god. The god. Yeah. The so objective truth. So when you you know purest in truth, objective truth in the purest form, or absolute truth in the purest form. Um. Let's if we truth at all. I do truth. <laughs> God, Dick, you guys keep going. You're killing me. Um, Scott's being very careful. I efic- efficiency. This. Efficiency. <laughs> uh, can we have confidence in what we think is true? Should we? Well, I think I'm going to turn into Scott right now and be asking myself. Well, what is it that I'm doing with my truth? Like, what are you doing with your truth? Like, how are you treating people? No, how- no, no, that's a truth claim. Hold, hold on. How are you treating people? Where does that come from? Well, if you have a conversation with somebody and they're like, you're an a-hole. I'm like, what do you mean? You're like, you're very selfish. Like, all you do is ever come to me and want something from me and you never want to have a relationship. I'd be like, ooh, okay. And so in that yeah. regard, I'm like, okay, my, my truth of how to go about life is not working for others, and it's consistent with many people. So the 
the one variable in this is me, and I'm the one that needs to uh, change right. my ways. But you're adopting a position that you should be nice to people, yeah, be absolutely. loving towards them. Yeah. Where do you get this idea? And are you confident in this idea? So we're talking about truth at different levels. We the the is there a God level, and then human interaction level? You're, you're asking a lot, and it's really good, Scott. Is it better to say like it? How com- just how confident can we actually be? I That's kind of how you started that. Okay, I think some of this comes from my lineage thought, which is that how I am got passed on to me from my parents, and got passed on from my grandparents. And, and you know, you gave that to your kids, and then oh God <laughs> through <laughs> procreation, yes. you know that some things not good. Um, and so I would, I would say it's like, well, what my parents say is truth. And then we move forward in life until maybe you have this relationship with God or some other entity or connection that changes how you view life. Like some people go to college and all of a sudden they come out of there and they're a totally different person, have different beliefs. And and so things shape you. And I don't know, maybe the uh, you know falling away from God, going to college happens a lot because people you know they figure out wait i, I want to do my own thing i don't want to follow some this construct of god and there's a right way to do things by the way well, i think yeah. that's a universal yeah and and that, you could probably find traces of that in the bible of like get out from under your parents and go you need you need to go and you touched on a couple metaphor a couple metaphors that are beautiful is that and through experience uh, we know, well, let me just say, kids are like puppies. Puppies are like kids. If you don't set them up to succeed when you're raising a kid or a puppy, you're going to have a hard time. They flourish with boundaries, and kids need boundaries. Kids need absolutes that come from their parents. They cannot afford to question, nor do they have the ability some kids start to get the ability to question really quickly, like too quickly. But kids need boundaries. So there, there is a great case to be made for the, like a dualistic, this is bad, no explanations. It's because I said so. And this is good. But Does this come from God, Bible, don't, what is it, spare the whip or whatever it is. The spare the rod. rod thank you. But does it come? Spoil the child. I've heard different. But the, but it's also time box you're talking about. When they reach a particular age, you want to explain things. Right. Um, and it's going to yeah. vary by, it's like a wisdom thing. It's going to vary by kid. One kid is not going to be prepared for you to be like, you know what? It's time for you to start questioning all the rules I've told you. <laughs> but at a certain point, I want my, me personally, I want my kids to question and test everything I've told them in the past. Um, and most parents have a version of that. It's in, it's when it's really unhealthy. It's like my way has always been correct and will always be correct into the future. And if you vary from that, mm-hmm. you're anathema. Yeah. So I, so I think the, the confidence thing in, in truth, bring so, us back. <laughs> so if we, 
we're claiming to be Christians, following Christ. And depends what it means. <laughs> and and there is a lot to say in Scripture about how we do that. So do we take that as our guide and have confidence that that is how we should live? Or do we say, oh, we can't, we can't be as confident as we think we can be or we shouldn't be confident in it? Is there, and I think that was going back to the, the, the thing about um, uh, truth from the pulpit. Would we expect our pastor to believe that what he's saying is absolutely true or he's just he's up there kind of just telling you hey these are really these are good (laughs) ideas guys uh there's a probably a middle ground you gave two examples which are good but they're two kind of extremes like well yeah we're we're in there that's important to me of like i feel like a lot of chris a lot of when apologetics has gone bad and i say that because i'm speaking from i i appreciate ravi zacharias and I want to say that before before he goes, because he listens to this. <laughs> because breaking news, he is not long for this world. His cancer treatments oh, no. are... Um, nope, YouTube bans John Piper's audiobook. Wrong tab. Uh, the time for him to be with the Lord is drawing near. Anyways, we can touch on that in the close. But he's got cancer. He had cancer sort of near his spine that they've gotten out of treatments. You totally hijacked this. I was I into what God had. I know. Well, I'm going back. It. No, it's yeah. Good. It wasn't great. I wanted to drop that in there for shock value. I intentionally wanted to shock you, Jeff, because I knew I had something that you didn't know. <laughs> Robbie, Robbie's, well, Robbie's just, dying. I totally lost my train of thought. Um, I, I leaned heavily on apologetics as my deconstruction was starting. I kind of went into that kicking and screaming and these apologetics played a, a big role in me trying trying to hold on and I know that can sound like a diss. That's not what it's meant. I mean, part of my journey had space for the apologetics and where they're at and it, it probably helped me descend into questioning uh, my reality in a way that allowed me to retain faith as kind of an anchor. Um, does that make sense a little bit? Like, even though I'm not, I don't see things quite how Ravi Zacharias would see uh, or other apologists, but I leaned heavily on them as I was trying to like fight against it. But at the same time, looking back, it's like I probably needed that to retain any sort of faith now that's very different than then but it it, i get the retaining it's like the healthy form of i touched on it before with todd conservatism as at its best like politically or religiously is when it conserves what is good and true and when it's unhealthy or not open it, it conservatism fails to see what needs to change or move forward so, but at its best, that's that's what I see at its best is it helping me navigate things, even though at the time I didn't look at it all like this. This is all big picture stuff that I've come to since then. So thank you, Ravi Zacharias. Where were we before that? That's all my fault. <laughs> oh, the, the confidence, the pulpit, 
Oh, yeah. So we'll probably have different answers. I appreciate a pastor that can say, I don't know, that can speak clearly about something that they think is true, that they have faith in, that they trust in, but in a way that is like... I love this. I lo- So it's been years listening to you. You know, it's been years, Scott. I mean, this is just... God. I'm not sure you love The way you're saying it, I'm not sure you love it. <laughs> anyway there is a a very specific um crossroads that you have with a whole lot that happens that comes across your plate and that is people need to hold things in tension or people need to like you in the back of your mind you're like you don't know it all I don't know it all. You don't know it yeah. all. Let's just... Ha- Ooh, yeah. Let's have... It's always like, let's... I appreciate it. Let's have a conversation. But... There's... Ne- well, there's... It, it's it's, diff- <laughs> it's difficult to... It's difficult to pin somebody down like you, which Scott likes to it's do. It's frustrating. I recognize. And it's like... And he's like, um, well, we'll see. <laughs> it's like I have the ultimate trump card. I know, of, I know. Of, uh, well, seriously, I just don't. Well, this is why you're wrong. But you know, I, I mean, I really don't. I'm I mean, not really sticking on that. I don't. You know, I hold things loosely. But this is why you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong, and I can't be right because I don't really believe. I'm not exactly sure if I know it all, and I, I know if you okay. don't know it all. Touche. That's that's all good stuff. But that's a problem with me and Scott. The Scott da- and I. The danger is that. Me saying things like you can't actually know does not mean you can't hold opinions on things and hold some of th- opinions. You're right. uh, yes, you're right. Strongly. Um, <laughs> Strong. <laughs> it's like a, an objection in courtroom. Or but I, I, I strongly object. <laughs> strongly, still an objection. You just you have an opinion or you don't. It's mm. we. But I think it's I, what you believe. Man, we're we might we this might take even more of a turn because yeah. things are coming in that I want no, to bring up, no. but I don't We've want to. We've never done that before. <laughs> Me too. Don't start now. <laughs> Should we just flip to what do you? <laughs> Let's just call it. We got like ten minutes. Let's put ten minutes on the clock. <laughs> ten minutes on the clock. But uh, I did want to say no. No, but hey, because Scott, hey, you know what? You play God right now. You do whatever you got to do. <laughs> this is my microphone. I'm speaking to. Uh, this reminds me of the end of every well, SNL. Well, They're like, you guys- this is my show. Or though that's after the cartoons for SNL. Anyway, side, terrible side note. What do you guys think? Because Scott kind of asked about the assurance or can a preacher, was that generally a can a preacher say any, anything with I mean, it wasn't. It's assurance. not anything. I, there, there are times when you come to a particular, particular passages where you say, well, this is, this is the best information we have on this passage. And I, I don't necessarily I know. There are other things that I don't think that that if a pastor was wavering on that I would I would not attend. That, okay, that, You're, that okay. There are pa- there are pa- <laughs> there's definitely people who they speak from the pulpit and they they're like you know what maybe he meant this maybe he meant that maybe paul was talking about this maybe john was talking about that different perspectives we're not exactly sure but and you go to a different church and you listen to a pastor and like this is absolute truth there is no wavering they yeah. they they speak it with confidence so it, it, and it depends on which what 
which topic now because if it's if it's i think jesus is lord I you're think, burning i you're think burning. he's the savior and, the and i can't i don't think i mean this is an extreme example i don't <laughs> right. know if anyone would say that but because nobody goes to those churches right exactly because yeah, it doesn't sell books it doesn't sell well, well not even selling but it's this is i mean in terms of popularity right like you're not gonna tr- if I write a book about like, well, I really don't know. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it's just not gonna. The the clarity sells. People like um, Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson. I like a lot of. I like some. Oh, I'll say. I'll say. I like. Uh, that was a lot of little. What? <laughs> I like some of the things they say. Um, and I think their disciples for lack of a better term, people that are just like, yes, this guy is speaking the truth. What they get wrong or they don't realize is they are speaking, they, they're good at speaking from a starting point and they make really logical arguments after that starting point. And so the danger is seeing all of their arguments as being absolute truth or because it, it's so clear. And you miss the fact that, well, if their starting point's not true or it's slightly different, it's going to change the trajectory of their argument a lot. And I think that's what people miss with apologetics or any guru that's speaking really clearly about this is the way it's going to go. That's the danger is examine that starting point, whatever it is. Because that's how cults are found. Any crazy idea can be made to look true if you can convince people that the starting point is true. And that's that's the um, the cautionary tale. And Jeff, you know, yeah. Did you, did you, Jeff? Did you bring up exclusivity, or we haven't brought that up yet? No, because that that, if we haven't brought it up yet, that could be for another time. Yeah, we. Okay, I didn't bring it up. Couldn't remember. These are connected, by the way. The the exclusivity, and we had that on a list. And Scott is growing as a podcaster, and knowing that if we start that now, we'll it'll. It'll, yeah. So let me get into exclusivity yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just switch, switch roles. No, but, I, but I think I think we can say that as a as a pat like we want pastors, we expect pastors because of the particular nature of they're in a leadership role, and and they're talking about things that are, we're saying that has well for for some people has eternal consequences or Im- implications. It ups the stakes. That and what we read about in the apostles and all the prophets. I know you're, you're, t- you're. I agree with you. Mm. Keep going, but keep to your initial thought. You're trying to make a broad, all-encompassing case for your initial thought of why clarity is important. We have had feedback that we cut Scott off, so Scott I did continue. cut him off. But I want <laughs> I want to hear more on his initial thing. <laughs> Well, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, talking ab- um, about why we would want clarity because yeah. these things have implications for eternal, our eternal souls, but also temporally here on earth. And I was the, about the the apostles and the, the Old Testament prophets is they died holding to particular beliefs mm-hmm. about God. Mm-hmm. To me, there's, I mean, there's something, for there, that. there's a lot uh, to be said there about holding to particular truths and not wavering. Um, and I think that's important. 
not wavering is a good thing. Scott, that was really good. I <laughs> shut up. No, I'm Zach. serious. Well, of course it was. Well, I want to encourage him. Does that oh, does encouragement always have to sound like an asshole? He doesn't agree with me. He only agrees so, with the way I said it. I <laughs> I'm gonna equate that example of of confidence and preaching, you know, from the pulpit with confidence, and you believe it in. Part of my parenting, I've had this since day one. If I promise something to my kids, um, that if I say I promise, then it will happen no matter what. And I will I'll move heaven and earth if I have to, to make sure that that promise is not broken. And so that is something that when anything is happening, we could be in the worst scenario. And if I say I promise my kids no... It will happen. Um, and that's something I've instilled in all four of them that my promise is my promise. And you so only have four? When 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 preachers are preaching with confidence, there's a a trust that's built in. Feels like more than that. And with you know, it, whatever the scenario, whatever the leadership position, whatever responsibility you have, there's this confidence that is i mean it's just you exude confidence and therefore you pass it on to your people and that is a it's a really important trait to to pass on whether it's to a congregation or to your family or your spouse or or even your boss or employees or whatever it might be so it's a, it's a yeah. really good good thing to and, and instill I, confidence i would want balance too because there does need to be humility and i don't want the confidence to be in like not, the not boldness a, of the a, voice, not a god complex or something like that. <laughs> like Dude, not not a pompous Scott. I might confidence. agree with you. I haven't agreed with you more than whatever you're saying <laughs> right now. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. So not not send me your money right now. <laughs> if I need an airplane. <laughs> Yeah, not gonna bring the congregation to Hawaii because yeah, yeah. those th- con, those are the no. I know, con man. I know is short for confidence, man. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah. So keep good, Scott. And, that's who we're touching on. And those the, the those preachers, the the TBN types, they they are the some of the most confident people on the planet because it works. And I don't want the con- I don't want that to be the confidence because you could be right. You could be stumbling and bumbling. And stu- stuttering, and still uh, have confidence in the the truth that you are speaking. Because pastors do need to be humble as well. Um, but well, yeah, there needs to be a, a balance between confidence in the truth, confidence in Jesus and his his work on the cross, and humility. In that, yeah, he needs to be careful about what he's saying because, because God has a lot to say about mishandling his his uh, word. God does scripture. Nice. And I will just yep. quote our our Holy Bible, New King James Version, First Thessalonians five twenty one. Test all things, hold fast to what is good, and I, I might agree with that harder than any other. Well, nearly any other passage of the Bible. Test all things. I think that the author, let's just assume it's Paul Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
meant that and meant himself, meant the scriptures, anything you hear, anybody you come in contact with, test all things. What is going on under the hood? And I'd, I'd like to couple that with the Berean passage, the passage about the Bereans, that they, they searched the scriptures and they were they were considered more noble because they searched the scriptures to verify what Paul was saying was true. Okay. So then don't test the scriptures they search? Well, you can, yeah. I, I don't think Paul was saying... So Paul I, didn't mean all scriptures? <laughs> all right. Like, like all any, doesn't mean all, Scott? <laughs> like, like, like any scripture ever in the world? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't test think, all things. I don't think Paul was saying... All means all, Scott. <laughs> okay, you guys. <laughs> I'm cutting you guys off. What are you, what are you consuming? Sk- sk- I pointed S- at I pointed at Zach and said Skak. Oh my god. Go Skak. Well Zach, what are you consuming? What am I consuming? I had something. Scott. Ooh. Okay, Zach. Uh skak. have a nice trip. What? It's a documentary. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> GTFO. Oh, documentary. Well, it's that means it's true. It means Spoke it's with true. confidence. Continue. <laughs> it's uh, on Netflix, and it's about psychedelics. It has lots of familiar comedians and actors and faces telling stories of their... Play Rogan. Trips. No, actually. No Rogan. But Ben Stiller has a bad trip experience. What I like about this documentary is that it's not super concerned about, like, let's... Let's tell you what to think about these things. These things need to be available or they need to be banned. But once again, he's right into like oh, his yeah. thing. He's like, it's they don't tell you what to think or do. They just, you know, you make whatever you want out of it. Yeah, I believe in personal freedom <laughs> and that people can make their own minds up, Jeff. Okay. I wish you would too, but uh, that's another so, topic for another so conversation. So confident. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, but but it does have you get the bad trips you get the good trips um you get some doctors weighing in and some talk about where the research is going and uh it, it's a very entertaining whoa entertaining <laughs> 40 and slip. oh man it's when you have <laughs> don't explain because i have something to say yeah all right anything else no. Okay, Scott, what are you consuming? <laughs> I mean, any book I've mentioned in the last couple episodes, I'm still working on those, and I probably will be for years because I keep bouncing around. But uh, I, I started a book called uh, Competent to Counsel. So it's a book about uh, counseling in the using the newthetic method. What is... What did you say? New, I, I agree with Jeff. What did you just say? <laughs> Newthetic. You're getting your thetans read. <laughs> I'd, have to, I'd have to see this uh, um, origin of spelling. Use it in a sentence. That's where I would. Are be. you joining the C Corp? <laughs> Please tell us what uh, newthetics so is. Bad for those people. Um, uh, some new, practice that uh, are. New newthetic counseling is um, based upon uh, holding people responsible for their actions. As a as opposed to um, trying to see why, like reaching back into their past. Um, oh, okay, yeah. So it's like it, I did it. I did this now, but it's because of. And then they blame some past 
Right, right. right. So it's it's getting people to take responsibility for their actions. I mean, this is right up your alley. Zach, right on point. Scott, like our gatekeeper. Can you believe we consume things that we're uh, interested in? (laughs) (laughs) No, just the point of Scott is drawn to you will be responsible and accountable. <laughs> like that's the focus of yeah. pneumathetics. Not a dig, but just like, hey, you're consistent, and you're, and so you, that's what you bring to the table. It's in, in line in with what we can know Absolutely. about Scott. Absolutely, not that we actually know about Scott. It's what we think we know <laughs> with a little confidence about Scott. <laughs> what are you consuming? So I consumed a movie last night called Full Count, and it's about Jesus just taking everything and and changing everything i mean it's right down full <laughs> ballpark full count full Who's count this? full count it's just it's a christian based movie it's on netflix i think it's netflix and it's called full count i was just full count i it's w- a christian based movie I would can't not- it just be a movie <laughs> well when jesus enters the scene <laughs> <laughs> but he enters it as just a f- a farm a farm helper like I'm just gonna be a helpmeet. No, he's like, <laughs> but it was a, it was a. I'm, I rarely King James see James is rolling in his grave. I rarely <laughs> see these really good wholesome movies, and I and it was like twelve thirty. My wife went to bed. Uh, we watched some ridiculous show, and then she went to bed. And next thing I know, I'm what watching was the a ridiculous show. show? You're dead to me. Oh, it's a, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It is ridiculous, but it is good. Handmaid's Tale. We are that also consuming that. <laughs> but yeah, the full full count. It's about it's about a baseball player, and then he things happen. Farm things going broke, and things aren't working. Drought and challenges and life events and oh, filled the dreams. Um, in some ways, but it's it's a whole lot less baseball than, and it's a lot more like faith. And knowing like things are going to work out, you may not know how they're going to work out. You're not going to have a clue. You may look back and go, "How did this all happen?" But it was it was a feel good, it was a feel good movie, and I'm glad it didn't. <laughs> I'm glad it didn't end with him like on the mound in the majors. Sorry, spoiler alert if you go and watch. But it's but it it's like okay, that that was good, and it and it felt it felt true, and that we do we go through challenges and we. We hold on to God as much as we possibly can. I long for the day. That's great. <laughs> You're right. You know, I'm not going to say it. It is. It is dark now. Yeah. I'm not. I just long for the day in general. <laughs> Hashtag not a vampire. Uh, Thank you. Within that movie, Jeff just used the force on my ass. <laughs> I mean. He, Within that movie, there was a what's the movie called verse, again? Full count. Uh, Joshua one nine was left on a wall, and it God, said, "I already hate this." Keep going. Jesus, keep going. Oh my gosh, I'm just being comedic you're based so, on my personality so, within the brand of Bros Bibles <laughs> beer. Keep going. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And that is a verse to live by. <laughs> I'm not the, laughing wait, wait. at the actual <laughs> verse. The more you know. That was that was my NBC, the more you know. 
<laughs> you Actually, know, we should start a segment, a verse to live by. We come up with a jingle. It just happened. It just happened, and it could be anything mm. out of context, doesn't matter, but it's just the declared verse to live by. <laughs> hey, guys. I appreciate you. No, I appreciate you. Hey, where can people find us? Uh, Scott? The BBB well, pod? I mean, they're already here. This, is Thanks that, for listening. Not, oh, yeah. What, is we, what do we got? Brosbiblesbeer.com? I don't know. Yeah. BBB pod. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter is at Bros Bibles Beer. No and, no in, just Bros Bibles Beer. Bros Bibles Beer. Or Bros Bibles Beer at gmail.com. If you have thoughts on any of this, and I know you do, let us know and we'll talk about it. And if you're getting any ideas about that, you can just type in anything and get to where you want to go. It's not going to work. Got to be specific. Type in Bros Bibles I Beer. <laughs> All right, well, desperation has set in. Hi, Andy. Miss you, Andy. 